0: You're listening to First City Forum, 97.5 FM. Hello, 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 and welcome to the First City Forum. I am your host, Joe Williams. Uh, Today's show is brought to you by uh, Providence Properties and uh, Southeast Alaska. Orthopedics Today in studio, I have with me my friend, uh, therapist Brittany Pope-Sulkin. I am so excited to have you. Hi, Brittany. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you, Joe?
0: Uh, I am so, so good. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a rainy day here in Ketchikan. It's a little icy out yeah. there. My walk was a little slippery, but that's, that's okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to get today's show started for those who do not know who Brittany is. Uh, where have you been? But um, Brittany, <laughs> tell us a little bit about, about yourself. Who are you? What do you do here? What brought you to Ketchikan?
1: Yeah. Uh, so I my name is Brittany Pope, and I'm a licensed professional counselor here in Ketchikan. So I I work independently in the community. And I also serve on the Ketchikan Wellness Coalition Board. So that's a little bit about what I do professionally. Um, but I, what brought me here was actually a job that I applied for. I'm from Ohio. And we just my husband and I decided to just go for it and move here. And we've been here for five years.
0: Your husband, Jake Sulkin, uh, who works uh, for the airport here in Ketchikan. We love him so dearly. Uh, I met Brittany and Jake a few years ago. We've been fast friends ever since. You know, I'm <laughs> over at their house. get to uh, have fun times with baby Noah and all, all the fun things. Um, but Brittany, we are here for a purpose. Brittany is a therapist here in town. And as we all know, there are things going on in the world, things that affect us uh, in ways that we may not understand. So let's get into that a little bit. First of all, I want to congratulate you on baby know and your current bun in the oven, <laughs> I want to talk to you about new parenthood during pandemic. Like how, what is that? I mean, obviously you've never been a parent before, but let's like yeah. to go through all of this during all of this. What's that like for you, Brittany?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think for every parent in general, being in a pandemic, whether you're new or let's just say old and i don't mean age wise but if your kids are older it was hard because it's like how do i keep my kids busy we're stuck inside um for us it was hard because we were stuck inside with a newborn mm-hmm. <laughs> so some of the things we really tried to do was get outside and go hiking I really try to interact with each other because you can really feel isolated when you're at home alone with a baby on maternity leave. Um, so it was really hard during the pandemic being new parents, but we I think we made it. <laughs> We're still in the pandemic, um expecting baby number two, I guess, during year two of the pandemic. But for us, it was really important to connect over the mundane.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I think that's really important in general because our lives have become super, I would say mundane because we don't have all the things like the gym or um, going out to eat like we usually like to do. So I I always say just be okay with the mundane and find joy in that is how we got through.
0: Yeah. Finding joy in the mundane and not allowing the mundane to be not allowing those mole hills. I mean, those are those. Mountains those, turn mountains, into molehill. right? Right. You yeah. know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Um, because you know, when you are isolated with uh, with a small child and you're mm-hmm. with the same person all day and you can't really leave your house, that can drive you a, a little a little. Uh, I won't say crazy, but it can it can definitely uh, take drive you, you batty. there. Yeah, it can definitely take you there. So I want to talk to you a bit about uh, about your profession. You are a mental health therapist mm-hmm. here in town, and I want to talk to you about how how you were able to keep your own mental health in check while also dealing with everyone else's story all
1: this. <laughs> this is the, I think the million dollar question um, that mental health therapists are asking themselves. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is that I decided that I was gonna compartmentalize a little bit better. Um, sometimes I think we can take our work home with us uh, and not even just being mental health therapists, you can take your work home with you working in the customer service industry. you right. know, If someone's mad at you or you have an aggressive or angry customer you can take that home with you so so one of the things that i do is i visualize a container i visualize whether it's a vault or a container with the lid and i put everything in that box or container before i leave and um make sure that it stays at work um so that's one of the ways i've been able to do it another way is is exercising mm-hmm. um i think that is a the most underrated uh i'm going to like air quote, drug um, or intervention that we don't necessarily use.
0: It's very important.
1: Mm-hmm. And you get endorphins to your brain from exercising and it increases your dopamine levels. So I think exercising is really important, but also accessing your own therapy, therapy as a therapist is really important too. So if you are struggling, reach out to someone, whether it's a friend, whether it's another mental health therapist or whether it's your own therapist. Um, I think we have to be willing to do the work too, if we're willing to help people do the work.
0: Yeah, I know. I feel lucky to have friends like Brittany and Carla and all those people who are uh, therapists who don't give me therapy advice for free, of course, <laughs> but who, who I can always kind of go to with my with my quirky nuances and they can kind of just talk me, talk me down from my uh, ledges. Um, so I want to talk a, a bit about the effects of, uh, of seeing clients virtually versus in office, you, you, you know, that that kind of personal, mm-hmm. that personal connection there is that loss sometimes Like, like what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I'm very grateful that we've been able to see people virtually. I think, one, it's opened up services to, like, the entire state. Mm -hmm. And so there are very small communities in in Southeast Alaska and just in general in Alaska that have been opened up to services. So I will say virtually has been nice for that aspect. Um, I'm going to get a little geeky with you. Um, Our brains actually have... Um, the way that they fire neurons and receive messages. Um, so I'm getting a little geeky, but right. <laughs> <laughs> um, they actually tire them out. And so by looking at computer screens all day, you can a- you actually tire your brain out quicker. Mm. And so uh, for me, it's been ty- more tiring to do it virtually, but it's also hard to switch back and forth. So right now, I'm kind of switching back and forth from virtual to in person um, when the you know when the safety here in the, co- in the community is low or when the risk is low um but it actually i think the value of seeing someone in person is really really it's connecting and it's there um but i don't dislike virtually because it's opened up sort of the paths for people in anchorage or in um cake or in you know in in these outlying areas well
0: you may not have access Mm -hmm. to an actual person yeah and uh, as far as the, the, the cost of therapy for the client, uh, uh, how does that kind of translate between having to actually go into a physical office or have a physical office open and um and handling it virtually?
1: So the cost, I don't really think differs. The one thing that has differed during the pandemic is that insurance has covered telehealth 100%. Perfect. So, you know, you check with your individual insurance providers, but most insurances are covering telehealth because they want to avoid, obviously, you going into an office and contracting the virus. So that would be a cost saver for people. Yeah, that's a big thing there. Yeah. Yeah, Something to check with your provider, though.
0: Very nice. Very nice. Uh, So I kind of want to segue into, you know. I th- we're all having this shared experience and pandemic, and we're all kind of going through the same things. So I want to talk about common mental health thr- trends during the pandemic, like with things that are specifically brought on by the pandemic that you've noticed an increase of as far as mental ailments that are going on that you've seen.
1: Yeah, gosh, that's such a big question. Because I think that we are all going through collective trauma. And we definitely didn't expect this. I mean, obviously, a year ago, we were some people on vacation, some people were, um, you know, hanging out with their friends in big crowds. So I think the biggest thing is isolation, um, especially in substance use, I've seen people, all of their coping mechanisms being taken away, because we're saying be by yourself in your house. And that's not necessarily in recovery helpful. Um, So I've definitely seen an increase in substance use or relapsing mm. um, and I and an increase in anxiety. I think overall, just an anxiety anxious of like, if I give this person a hug, well, I can track the virus. Or if I smile at someone or engage with someone less than six feet away, even with a mask on. So I think I've also seen disconnect in human interaction. Mm. I remember when I got my first hug, even it was during the pandemic, we were both masked. And I was just like, Oh, my gosh, that like, I didn't even know how to feel about it.
0: Yeah, like, like is this okay? Like, how... how yeah. yeah,
1: so we, we kind of are questioning our interaction with other people. And catch a candle, I moved here because um, I remember my husband and I walking right by the Sweet Mermaids. And this person, like, looked at us and said, hey, how are you doing? And we moved here because... That was like a microcosm of like like we've never experienced down south of people being friendly to us. So I think that's something that's been lost, especially in our community, um, and it has been lost in, in just isolating and not leaving our homes. And so thankfully that's freeing up a little bit, but there's still that stress and anxiety of if I get COVID, well, how will it affect me? Because it's just so unknown. Yeah,
0: you know, uh, speaking on that uh, that kind of microcosm of Ketchikan, where everyone is, everyone knows each other, everyone's friendly. You know, both of us being from the Midwest, you just don't see that every day. You see that everywhere. (laughs) You know, Uh, you'll see someone on the street, and it's like, oh, oh, hey, how's it going? But I don't really know you, but oh, what? yeah, whatever. Um, but uh, so speaking more on that isolation and that anxiety, um, I want to talk about the effects of isolation during COVID. I want to talk about um, kind of the the uh, uprising of agoraphobia, you know, the, the, the fear of going outside. You know, sure. Um, I'm sure that's a big thing for people for people. Cause a lot of people are just terrified to step out of their houses right now. Right. What do you say to those people?
1: So people have had agoraphobia before the pandemic. um, And that is definitely a clinical diagnosis. But after the pandemic, um, one thing I say is let's act with kindness. And so assuming positive intent. So if you see someone without a mask, like I think we can become judgy of like, What? Well, they're not wearing a mask or or whatever. And I I would say assume positive intent. Maybe they forgot their mask. Maybe Mm -hmm. they were running in for something really quick. And if you don't want to be in public spaces, there are, I I always tell my clients, there are ways that you can get out but not be in a crowd, um, especially in Ketchikan. I don't know about in this weather, but um, this all this snow. um, But one of the biggest things I say to clients who aren't ready to leave is leave in small increments. Like if you're if you're not ready to leave your house, go to the front porch or go to the back porch and just sit and have your coffee there instead of having your coffee inside. So we make changes changes in small inc- um, increments. We don't make changes like you wouldn't go from being inside all this time to then just going to Walmart. Right. Um, so I always just tell clients like whatever feels comfortable. If it feels comfortable to only have a couple friends over who have been in your social circle, then only have a couple friends over. Um, so I guess for me for me when I'm working with clients, it's like meeting them where they are and then creating a small small plan to help support them and maybe it's just getting them to come into the therapy office like maybe that's a safe space they're screened they're wearing their mask and that's like what they try to do once a week so it's really individualistic Um, with the isolation though it's really important we have other ways to connect to people so I encourage people schedule time with your family members to talk Mm-hmm. Schedule a Zoom with your friends to do like a fun little happy hour or like a little dinner or something. So I, I'm trying to help people see that connecting is important even if it's not physically connecting.
0: Yeah, and you know, speaking on that, those uh, those intimate moments, those Zoom calls with family and friends, I was thinking back on the beginning of pandemic when Shelley Hill put together that oh. virtual concert yeah. and a bunch of us, we were all rehearsing for it over uh, Zoom. And, um, after the rehearsal, we just kind of sat around and had a little party and we all had our individual, uh, drinks and things. And by the end of the, of the hour long after rehearsal party, we're all sitting in our individual spaces. I've got on a costume. I have a cocktail in my hand and the whole thing is going on. And then we hit end and I'm just sitting there by myself and I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> I feel like I was just at a party with a bunch of people, and no one was actually there. So, you know, a human interaction is more than just that physical presence. Um, I wanna, I wanted to, to kind of talk about a story that a kind of aneg- anecdote that I experienced when during the pandemic we were in, entering low risk. Everything was kind of seeming to calm down a bit. I uh, I took a trip back home to Detroit. And everywhere in Detroit, masks everywhere. You can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't even drive in your car without without a mask. It was it was crazy. Um, but coming back to Catch a Can, where everything was low risk and everyone's mm-hmm. fine, everyone's doing their their thing. After my quarantine period, I recall going into the New York. And I didn't have a. Uh, I did not have a mask on, and I was conversing with a friend. And I remember feeling their breath go into my lungs, and just being horrified by that. Yeah. And and you know it it was very strange how going from being in Alaska, where things have been relatively calm, um, to going to a bigger city where things have not, and then um and then coming back and then realizing how laxed we are. Well, not. I won't say lax, insulated right how insulated yeah, yeah. And, how, and how lucky we are to yep. be in a place where it's not as as big of a deal, it's still a huge deal, don't get me wrong, but in other places they definitely experience it a bit more and I kind of want to talk about that both of us being from the Midwest, a place about 3000 miles away from here. Uh what would you say to the people uh feeling feeling that trauma? or that guilt or what have you, uh, when we can't be with our family members who may be experiencing this in a deeper way than we are, family members who may be sick, uh, maybe funerals we've met, we've missed of people who have died, you know, those things. So people are experiencing that right now. And I want to kind of talk, I want you to kind of have a word for them. Uh, uh, What would you say to those people?
1: Gosh, this is such a hard one because life keeps going on, even though the pandemic is happening, right? We still lose our loved ones. We still lose our jobs. We still lose or we still can't see our family. Um, One thing I would say is give yourself a break, like give your heart a hug, give yourself a break. And if you can safely travel there, go Um, with everybody getting vaccinated. And this might be an unpopular opinion, but with everybody getting vaccinated and masks on, you know, you're if you can safely go and maybe like socially distance and be with your family, we're kind of at this place where we're at a crux of like transition. And we, we know a little bit more about the virus, even though it's still, there's variants out there. I think if this were the beginning, I would say connect with them over any way that you can connect with them. Um, It, it does, you know, kind of stink having your family. Like, like you said, you're in Michigan, I'm Ohio, and Mm -hmm. we can't just see our family Every day, but when you do see your family like make the most of those times because you just don't know when you're gonna go back and you just like with the co- with covid you just don't know if they're gonna get sick or um you know my my aunt passed away during covid last year a year ago mm-hmm. and it was when things were the were at the height and i couldn't go home and so my mom my mom streamed the and filmed the service for me Yeah, And so I was there and that was helpful. It wasn't everything, obviously. I would love to have been there. So if there's ways that your family could connect you virtually, I know a lot of people having weddings that are streaming it Mm -hmm. um, because they want to keep the guest list small. I would recommend that. But I think overall, like, do what feels best for you. And if you need to go home, sometimes you just need to go home. Take your COVID test, take your vaccine or whatever you want to do. Wear your mask, be safe, wash your hands and go home.
0: Yeah, and you know, streaming has been such a huge service during all of this. You know, I lost my great grandmother during this pandemic, and just all kinds of the different things, and uh, and being able to connect with my family even over the virtual has just been so fulfilling. And luckily for me, I do have some family here. My um, uncle has lived here for a long time. So I've had that familial co- mm-hmm. connection here, which a lot of people in Ketchikan don't because yeah. a, a ton of yeah. people who live in this community are not from here and they do not have family here. So it's just so important to be able to connect and just to kind of feel like you're still with your tribe. And the Ketchikan does give us that, that tribe and that sense of community, for, even for those who aren't from here and those who may not even know each other. You, yeah. you know, uh, that's just such a big part of life here. And Ketchikan, and that we are so grateful for. Uh, Brittany, I want to thank you so much for coming in today. This has been so wonderful. Um, I want to leave uh, <laughs> leave our listeners here with a, with a feeling of hope. What hopeful message do you have <laughs> for us, Brittany?
1: Um, I think I love the message that Ketchikan Wellness Coalition was putting out during, the, I think, the height of the pandemic, and it was Ketchikan strong.
0: Yes, I just I
1: loved that. I thought it was very like, like hopeful, like we're going to get through this as a community. And I I think as evidenced by like we have a vaccine clinic happening. That's for everybody. Alaska is the first state to allow 16 plus to get the vaccine. Um, If that's something you're, you know, again, I'm not pushing the vaccine, but if that's something that you believe in, but I catch a can strong, we're going to make it.
0: Ketchikan Strong, we're going to make it straight from the mouth of Brittany Pope. <laughs> Brittany, thank you so much for coming in, and everyone out there in Ketchikan, thank you so much for tuning in to the First City Forum. I am your host, Joe Williams, and today's episode was brought to you by Providence Properties in, in Southeast Alaska Orthopedics. Uh, you guys have a fantastic day out there. The, you know ignore the, the uh, rain. The rain is a part of Catch a Can Life. The ice is not so great.
1: <laughs> I'm going
0: to go to the New York and have a mocha before I have to head to work. But uh, you guys have a fantastic day out there and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.